Welcome back to the TNT BNB podcast. On these episodes, we'll be bringing in a guest host to discuss certain categories of movies. Categories such as movies around the world, franchisees, and genre. Certain directors, actors, actresses, and so much more. So sit back, mix a drink, and enjoy. Listener beware, we will be spoiling the shit out of this. Here we go again. We are on an off week for our Star Wars endeavor. So this time we decided to do a director. And the director we chose was Clint Eastwood. And we're doing only movies that he had directed, not movies he had starred in. Right. Yeah. So, well, we kind of changed it up a little bit. Not quite a bit, actually. Yeah, it's one that I've been eyeing at the store every now and then, and I'm like, you know what? We should uh, give this a go tonight. Okay. But um, I got Screwball, peanut butter whiskey. Oh, I've been seeing that too. I mean, not that we haven't all, but yeah. I mean, that's kind of like a, that peanut butter flavor is really out there lately. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, it's got. What are, what are you mixing it with? Nothing, just on the Stone rocks. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is thirty-five percent, so seventy proof. Um, where is this even made? I don't think I can see it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um. But it won Consumer's Choice Award in 2020. But yeah, I mean, oh, San Diego, California. Gotcha. But yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It's pretty good. It is um, very strong, but smooth. Like you've got good peanut butter notes and everything like that. So if you were to mix it with anything, what are you thinking? Like, like a cream soda or half and half or cream you'd soda probably be pretty maybe. good with cream soda. I mean, it's easily drinkable on the rocks for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's you get it nice and chilled on the rocks. Like it, it most smooth. has a butterscotch flavor. To a little me. bit, yeah. Okay. But okay. I definitely re- recommend. I mean, it's thirty dollars a fifth, but. Like I said, I'm just sipping on it, and it's pretty good. Oh, yeah, I think we're both kind of like we're all in the same um, mindset here. You know, um, long week. We all know how that is. <laughs> Try to uh, work the corporate wheel as we do. Um, I actually am drinking the bourbon on the rocks again. That's the single barrel. Oh, that we I, was, about. Yeah. I was thinking about doing that, actually, but then I – yeah, that's some really good stuff. Yeah, that shit was good, too, yeah. So I got that going on right now. I mean, I did do a twist of lemon. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Just a twist. Not, like, anything added to it. I mean, I, I guess I could have did, like, a Manhattan or something. And you had, like, you know, sweep removed or whatever. But, I'm like, no, it's just good on the rocks with just a little twist. I mean, yeah. was it going full-fledged on the on Did you the put, lemon. like, the whole... Um, twist in there like the peel and stuff and fancy it up like a bartender? 
I did peel. I twisted yep. the peel and everything. I yep. kind of figured you would. Yeah. <laughs> being the bartender, well, you are. Being the bartender that I am. I mean, I did take the the pulp out, you know, so it didn't like oh, it yeah. all. Oh, yeah. That's like, what you got to yeah, do take yeah, the pulp yeah. out and then twist the peel and then whoop, wipe it around the rim. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wipe it around the rim. Yep. We could have caramelized the we could have caramelized the peel a little bit with the the, the creme brulee uh, flame torch with some sugar, but I didn't do that. Oh yeah, there you go. Because that you know what, for what it's worth, Tupelo Honey downtown when they do their palomas, they um, roast their uh, grapefruit garnish uh, with a uh-huh. creme brulee with the, with the sugar. Yep. Nice. That's, that's, so that's pretty cool. And, that's really cool. Yeah. There's that little bit of that smoky flavor to it because you have like the flame to it. But yeah, no, we didn't get too crazy. We just did the normal way. Nice. Just a twist, and, twist and go, twist and go. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. No, it isn't. I mean, bourbon, you can't go wrong with bourbon. You yeah. can't. Goes down easy. I don't have to open tomorrow, so that's all I care about. <laughs> I got tomorrow off. and. Yay. Yeah, I'm not doing shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh well, we might be watching some movies or something, depending on what we have to do. I don't. Oh, all yeah. I know is I. All I know is I just do not have to open. That's all that matters. Yep. Lions game at one. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I know some. I knew some people that were selling some tickets to the Lions game. Shit. Inform me on that. Inform you on that next time. I don't even know if they even sold them or not. I should probably scope that out. <laughs> Quick trip. Go down there and watch them get their ass beat. Be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and watch them get their ass beat. That's about it. Uh, welcome to Michigan. <laughs> Actually, no. Michigan State just kicked some butt today, didn't they? They were up last I saw. I didn't see what the yep. final score was, but but it, but it doesn't matter. Ohio State. Ohio lost. State lost. <laughs> yep. Damn right. <laughs> That's, All that matters. Ohio key. State lost. <laughs> Ohio State lost. Yay. Yep. It's a good day. <laughs> All right. So, okay, let's do it. so I couldn't do American Sniper because we've already talked mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. I've already did Richard Jewell. I already talked about that. So there's a long line of history with me with Clint Eastwood. Well, I did mm-hmm. Richard Jewell, but we did talk about him. Oh, I. Oh yeah, I did miracle. I almost chose that one. That's what it was. And we had a battle that. Um because we both had whatever. Um but yeah, Clint Eastwood's amazing. Um oh, yeah. I don't know if you ever saw The Mule. Yes. Not my choice, but great contender. Yeah, we just sure. watched that for the first time. Yeah, we bought yesterday. that blu that Blu-ray at that Blu-ray sale we went to. Yeah. Um and bought like those what did we buy twenty movies or something yeah um but yeah that's a great movie um there's so much more oh um Sully I just watched that one um before um like a month ago and that's a great movie mm-hmm. but the one movie that I love oops hold on got it already no no i'm just (laughs) the old phones having very much big issues um i chose because well it's based in michigan-ish but great movies 
Grand Torino. Okay. There you go. Um, IMDb, IMDb of 8.1, Meta 72, um, Rotten Tomatoes 81%, audience score 90%, um, worldwide 269,958,228, um, but of course, at Clint Eastwood, and not really anybody else. No, it had his daughter in. It. Uh, no, that was in that the middle. I'm gonna combine these. His two. son was in it. This, his son was in it, this one. Like he brings in his family members and everything. And his dog. And his dog. <laughs> yeah. But it's like a Korean war vet that worked for the Ford company, and. You know, he killed a lot of, um, you know, Koreans, I guess. Like, and he was very racist, had said a lot of things. And his neighborhood, after being there for years, got bought out by all these, um, Hmong. Hmong, yeah. And he, it starts off with his wife's funeral. And his kids are very dis- disrespectful. So are his grandchildren. Like, and he finally admits that he has, he was not close enough to his children. He made that confession towards the end. Um, but they're just like during the funeral. What are we gonna do about dad? We can't just leave him there, because it's such like a ghetto kind of a turn into it, like how Detroit, like some of the best, you know, the best subdivisions became the ghetto within like 10 years down there. Yeah. But um, it's just this old guy that can kick some ass and has a really badass Grand Torino that he built because he worked for Ford. And, um, I don't know. There's a lot of racist words, like zipperhead is one that comes to my head. I'm like, what the, you know. But what really gets me, and I'm just fast-tracking this movie so we can talk more about it, but how the ending, he gave his life up because he was dying. And he when he got the test results and you see all these doctor notes as he's talking to his kid. You think his, like, he's trying to get close to his kid, but his kid's like, I got to go, Dad. I'm really busy with work. But this is his first time his dad's asking, like, how are you doing? How are you, How is the wife doing? How is the kids doing? You think you would start thinking, like, oh, my God, my dad's calling me and asking these questions. Like, what's up? Like, how are you doing? Like, you drop everything so you can talk to your dad. Like, if you know that's not normal, why did you just back him off? Like, oh, I got to go. I'm paying bills. Or what What a dick. And so that's why I like the fuck you at the end. After he <laughs> gave up his life to save the whole community because these guys were, the gang was, you know, basically raped his neighbor's um, daughter who he became close to. He got really close to um, her her brother. 
and um, the grandmother still hated him, but that's a thing. And um, but he basically took a bullet to save that whole community. And at yeah. the end, they had the will. And I love how he's like, and he's like, and I'm racist, and don't I don't mean to offend anybody, but I'm gonna say it. But they think like, like he fucked his children over. He's like, I'm giving my house to the church. I'm giving the Grand Trino to the zipper head. Like, you know, he's just being racist, um, yeah. like, all through it. And, like, You're that's saying, as long as you is. don't fuck it up. Yeah. yeah but don't... don't put a spoiler. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't, like. Don't yeah. paint flames on the side of it. Mm-hmm. But this movie is just great. Like, it's a good, like. I don't think it means to be funny, but it is like, I don't know. Like it's got some good humor and like how, like he kept throwing the shit away. And then finally he finally ate their food and like loved it. <laughs> and they're like, you Americans have no flavor in your food. And like, he finally starts eating their food and it's like, okay, yeah, is this that chicken like roasted stuff? Yeah. You can come in and set that on the table. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, is this like, yeah, I want that. Like, He's like, it's better than jerky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It definitely, I mean, this movie, like you said, it's, I don't know if it's meant to have the humor, but it has those those dry quips that allows you, allows you to have that feel where it's like a one, a one line punchline. He says something and the point has got across and it's like, it's kind of like comedic. The sarcasm, the sarcasm is there. You know, he finally realizes that the food is good. He find he can have the car as long as he doesn't fuck it up. You know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and it's true. You know, his his racism does come through, and he he always admits that he is. You know, but at the same time, he was he was struggling with the fact that he was um he was he he that the one enemy soldier that he killed, you know that was really trying to shredder. I mean, that ghost has been haunting him for years and years, you know? Yeah. And he doesn't want, he doesn't want to see Thal go down that path. So, which I think is where the bond is. That's why he finally does give his life to save that community. Because once he does that, the rest of the neighbors come forward. Yeah. And witnesses up until then, no one would say anything, do anything. No one would say anything against the game. Yeah, but he he his I don't know, selfless action, you know, allowed a uh, a community to rally together to not only save itself, to save the people inside of it that was willing to be that needed to be saved. Yeah, and that's like another thing I forgot to say. Like he tried to get into the gang by stealing that Grand Torino, mm-hmm. and he finally ended up with that at the end because. He finally realized he's trying to find his place. Like he's like, I have no money. I can't go buy tools. I can't get into construction. So like, I have all the tools in the world. You can borrow them whenever you want. He's like, I'll give you a tape measure. I'll give you this. And he brings him to the hardware store and buys him the bell and all that other stuff. He's yeah, like, yeah, you're essentially, not- like this is all you'll need. And if you need anything else, just come and borrow it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, the development between him, because I mean, initially he hit it off with the sister. Yeah, because she was she's a kind of no nonsense person like he always was. And then just he kind of despised 
I mean, he called him Toad for God's sake. <laughs> but the fact that I mean that the way that relationship built and all that was cool. And then I think it was at one point he's like, "Jesus Christ, I have more in common with these people than my own family." Yeah. Yeah, like, and though that's why you don't. They were saying, "Oh, you screwed your family over." No, actually, he did not because he his family not that not that they they abandoned him, but they. They turn their back on the neighborhood. They turn their back on. Well, they bought know, what they their, call their the, the rice burner, the Toyota. You know, like yeah. you yeah. went foreign. Yeah. yeah, that was a big point you at the went, beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you went foreign. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, this is like okay. So, Gran Torino. Once in, you, we I can't say is, but this is his second highest grossing movie. You know that? Yeah, after American Sniper, right? Yep, second highest grossing movie. Oh, and you think about that. I'm thinking about that. Now, now he did. I mean, think about that. Unforgiven is the one that won him the Oscar. Won him his first. Yeah, I think he won, won one first, for yeah. something else. Yeah, Million Dollar Baby or something. Yes, I don't know. yes, no. that's that's up. Yeah. But the whole point is, is so this is the second grossing. I mean, I can't. I need toes to count how many movies he has. You know, going back through the day. I mean. Yeah, he had some stupid comedic movies out there. I would be able to lose. I would be able to can. We won't go with that. But mm-hmm. the fact that you know, what made me see this movie the first time it came out, and the reason why I needed to see this movie the first time it came out is my grandfather drove a Gran Torino. Oh, damn. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My grandfather, blue, blue, it was like, um, not a navy blue, but that other blue. Not a sky blue, you know, but like a darker blue, kind of like almost a midnight blue, but not a navy blue. Okay. And and it had the black leather top. Oh. You know, you know, you know even though it wasn't convertible, remember how they used to have the different Yeah, the vinyl. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. The vinyl on top, yeah. Yeah. And that puppy with a V8 engine in it. Ooh. And I remember driving it. I drove that several times, and that get up and go. No, I can't even... Thinking about it right now, thinking back, I think the speedometer went up to 145. Damn. Back in the day. Back in the day. And yeah, and that was, um, that was, I believe his was three on the tree. Three on the tree. Hmm. So definitely interesting there. So, so see, that's when I saw that name and when it came out, you know, you know, this is, this ranks up with one of his best movies, of course. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, and this was this did make my short list of three of which ones I was going to do. Okay. Just let you know, I'm going back and forth. I had, you know, like this kind of go back and forth, and it's an excellent movie. And you just had mentioned the mule, and then I made a comment to someone else today that I wish we would have done this a week later. Well, I really, okay. I really so want to see. We talked Prime about Mac- this. <laughs> yeah. We talked about Prime like Mac- we talked about what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a movie, but we're gonna spend uh-huh. tw- we're gonna watch that and spend twenty minutes talking before we start our next movie. Like maybe we'll do a Star Wars or uh-huh. wh- whatever, and then like st- okay, we gotta talk about this first and then go into Star Wars or something. Um, yeah, I'm thinking that might be the best idea because yeah. I do want to see that. And try macho, yes. Yeah, so we 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 wanted to talk about this, but since you already brought this up, like that's our thought is 
we wanted to spend like 20, 25 minutes talking about that, and then we can continue on to a Star Wars. So it would be like perfect, like an hour and a half podcast. And we'll do that then. We next can do time. like an hour. Yeah, we can do an hour like Star Wars and 20, 25 minutes of the other, and it'll be perfect. That'd be great. I think we should do that for sure because I, I really wanted to watch that. But once again, Grand Torino, I don't, let me see if there's anything else I want to point out with Grand Torino. I can't remember. I got to pull it up. Like I said, it did make my short list. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I don't even, when we do our year in reviews, I don't even think I rewatched it for that. But rewatching it again, I forgot how much I liked it. Yeah. Like, and well, think about it, its budget was only, there has to be between 25 and 33 million. It made 270 million. So it definitely made its money back. And you know what oh, I'm very sure. impressed with too is like, I work with, you know, younger, like 17, 18 year olds. And I was talking to someone who's like, I think he's 18. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, dude, have you ever seen Grand Trino? He's like, oh, yeah, dude. He's like, I love that fucking movie. And, you know, it's good to see, like, the younger crew even knows about some of that. Like, you don't expect that. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Because it really came out in 2008. And yeah. as, I'm, as I'm typing everyone into the computer for all these new children that I'm hiring, and I'm typing in their two thousand five, two thousand three. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Two thousand five. Yeah. Thank you. Thank uh-huh. you. Yeah. Uh-huh. If I could drink on the job, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I start putting in the numbers too, and I hire people. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and you think about it. So let's. Now, I'm not, not trying to do a retrospective here. So, how many decades? Has Clint Eastwood been acting? Because he's 91, guys. Let's be honest. He's yeah. 91 years old. Do you know his youngest kid is 24? Really? Yeah, yeah. he had him at 67. That is just crazy. He's I didn't a realize ladies that. man. Well, yeah, of course he's a ladies man. But... <laughs> so he, Clint Eastwood started, what, 1950? Yeah, I mean, he was a western, wasn't he? Like, he's like the spaghetti the westerns. Let's see. That it. was in the 60s. Spaghetti westerns were in the series, and I could have swore he was contract player of the Warner Brothers or Paramount in the 50s. Hmm. He could have been. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, we were talking about this earlier. Like, if you were going to make a Mount Rushmore of American cinema, Mm-hmm. He's got to be the first one, right? Not just for directing, but acting, like just everything. Oh, like he, well, he, he's on there, but oh, he's on. He's got to be the first one, I would think. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, did he direct yeah. him? Yeah, did but he? he also flew, but at the same time, you can't forget that he flew. He was a fighter pilot in World War II. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he got that, I suppose. Yeah. John Houston, John Houston. You know, directing and acting back in the day. I mean, do you put Orson Welles up here too? I mean, I mean, he, his impact was great, but his output wasn't all that huge. Yeah, Grand Torino. Like once again, you know. Clint Eastwood definitely has the output for sure. John Wayne. John Wayne. John Wayne. John Wayne. But then you got to think of people like Spielberg and Martin Scorsese. I mean, they didn't act. 
We're ho- we're but building a whole fucking mountain right now, then. <laughs> like essentially, you, you got to whittle it down somehow. The Grand Canyon. Well, Why not? We got to. We're gonna do a totem pole. No, there a you totem go. Pole. We're gonna do <laughs> so totem. We're gonna do some. We're gonna do some on it. We're gonna do Alaskan totem poles. <laughs> you just keep on adding them up, you know. But absolutely, um, I could definitely see it. Once again, John Wayne never acted, but Henry Ford acted and directed. Um, what about Ron Howard? You yeah, know, he's here. Yep. But you know, he, I mean, again, if if it's between like Ron Howard or Steven Spielberg, Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock's another one that's got to be. In contention for sure. We got a bunch of totem poles everywhere. Yeah, we got a totem pole going on. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just go ahead. And you know, the whole point is, is you know, once again, you chose this also because you know, near and dear to our hearts, Michigan, Detroit. You know, and it's true. It's true that some that area, the Highland Park area, is where it's set. Over the where they did the filming and the location has changed. Yeah. You know. It, you know, neighborhoods change. My grandma Areas grew change. up in yep. Little Italy, which was the best neighborhood for Italians back in the day. Now it's a big ghetto. Like, I bet you get shot if you drive my, by my grandma's old house. That's See, that's the whole point. Yeah. You know, and then in, in 15 years, it'll turn, it'll turn around, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason, he did, the reason why he didn't want to leave the neighborhood is because it was his neighborhood. It was always his home. That was my he grandpa. Yeah. My, my grandpa wouldn't. He's when people came and gave him big money it's because they want to put the highway through his house. He's like, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> he's like, I'm staying yeah. right here. But um, no. And one here, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but Clint Eastwood, um, we went out to Sun Valley every year, okay. and um, we ended up with get uh, one of our condos that we my grandparents had like a timeshare um owned by this big company in sun valley and my grandma ended up getting it it was we call it the tick condo because there's ticks everywhere oh so my aunt went and complained and before you know it we ended up in this huge house up in this richie up richie area and Across the street from us was Clint Eastwood's house with like um, helicopter pads and everything all over his house. And so he was our neighbor for two weeks. Oh. Down the street was Arnold Schwarzenegger. But yeah, like it was so crazy. I was like, oh my God. So I, like, I was this young kid. I was always looking out the window, staring at the house, waiting to see Clint Eastwood. But he wasn't there that two weeks we were there. But I was just like, oh, my God, is he going to be there? Is he going to be there? And I just kept, like, staring at the house. And I just remember being that, I think I was nine, but just staring always out the window at the house. Also, think about this. You were were nine, and you knew who Clint Eastwood was. Oh, yeah, because my dad was a big Western guy. And, you know, my family, you know, that's what we did was we watched movies with Clint Eastwood when we drove out to Sun Valley, we had a big mini, big conversion van with two TVs in it. We'd watch all sorts of movies all the time. And some of them would be Clint Eastwood, because that's who my grandma's fans with. And that's another reason why I chose this, is because I have a great you know, connection with Clint Eastwood. You know, Not yeah. only was like, you know, I was brought up with him by seeing his movies, but like I was his neighbor for two weeks. 
Yeah, well, it's multi-generational. I think he has spanned, spanned many generations and just saying who he is, even with him acting at 90, 91 years old, even kids at 18 and 20 are still watching his movies because mm-hmm. I do. I, I think they're relevant. They are more than relevant. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like Joe Rogan, um, he interviewed his one of his sons. And um, his son was just basically saying, like, um, oh, my dad is a legend. Like, you know, we'll just be talking. And he says it nonchalantly. He's like, oh, this day, this year, like in the 60s, I was with Frank Sinatra. Like, not mm-hmm. even expanding off of it, just saying I was with him this date, this time, at you know, in the 68 or whatever. Yeah. And his son was like, oh. So his son's like, I want to spend every moment with him as much as I can so I can keep learning these stories about my dad. Like, he has so much history. And that's really cool to hear that from his son. Like, and he's one of his sons who's probably like 30s. Yeah, he's probably roughly. But he looks just like Clint Eastwood. Scott. Scott. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, he's been in several movies. You know, and then, you know, he's been breaking out as much as he can. I mean, he was in uh, a bad remake of the Texas Chainsaw thing going on. Um, he's in, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. He's I in forgot. one or two of the Fast movies. Yeah. Yep. But he's a, he, he looks just like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, he does. So, yeah, he's definitely, I can see where he's coming from. But once again, legend, iconic actor and director, Grand Torino, still holding up. You know, even now, you know, yeah. 13 years, 14 years later, you can watch this movie and it's still relevant as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I could watch this again tomorrow and just still be. Satisfied. Yeah, I forgot how much I liked it for sure. This might yeah. be a rotation, like how you have those stormy winter days. Like, I just might throw it on. Like, I'm probably going to put this on the rewatch list in the next six months. Like, because yeah. we all get snowed in, we all get screwed over in winter. So, you know, those are yeah. your movie times. Yeah. Well, let's just. This is streaming on HBO Max right now too. Okay, we we own it. We own yeah. it. Oh, just let you know, it is streaming on. For those that want to know where they can watch it right now, it is streaming on HBO Max. Okay. Which is good to know. Good to yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, I get it for free with AT and T. Yeah, gotta love our AT and T advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, they're backing us. Yeah, I like, can't go wrong with AT and T. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to rate this. Uh, one thing I want to say before, I was reading the trivia of this movie. Mm-hmm. This is the first movie that Clint Eastwood lost a gunfight in, and he did it intentionally. Oh. Apparently. Well, you, you saying that, it's true. I don't remember ever Clint Eastwood, I mean, Dirty Harry, all that stuff, Sudden Impact. Yeah. I, yeah that's pretty true. Yeah. So right I thought there. that was kind of interesting. Kind of yeah. John Wayne next. A little John, bit. Yeah. John, yeah, John, John Wayne never lost either. But <laughs> this is the first time he lost and he dies. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So, how you rate it? You go rate it. Eight point five. Absolutely. Yeah, eight point five. It's gonna be about eight. Yep. Eight. Yeah. Eight point five for me too. Easily. 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 Um. And I don't believe this was nominated for any Oscars. Which is tough. Like, this is... 
Well, 2008 was a tough that year, was wasn't a, it? That was, yeah, a, big was year, a big yeah. year. Yeah, we just we did that podcast. That was. Yeah. Well, it's got. Um, For any listeners, go to 2008 and listen nope. to that podcast nope. because. It was ignored. They're right here. They said it was ignored. Ignored, ignored by yeah because yeah. we did not rewatch it for 2000 because it was in 197 and i only go to 150 on imdb when we do our thing so i don't i should go higher now yeah yeah and uh another thing about that the two kids the neighbor kids i thought were great and they never really went on to do anything acting wise no they didn't you're right but i thought they were really good yeah, I did too. Yeah, they were. I mean, you think about that. It's kind of, yeah, it's really, you, you wonder where some of those younger actors go and maybe they just decided it wasn't what they wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a tough job. It is a tough job. Okay, who's going next? All right, so... I mean, had American Sniper not been next, that probably would have been mine. Okay. But I was going back and forth on a few. But I also chose a movie that he acted in. Okay. And it had been brought up already tonight. Is Unforgiven. Oh, okay. This came out in 1992. It's an IMDb of 8.2, Metascore of 85. Ron Tomatoes, 96% tomato meter, 93% audience. Had a $14.4 million budget. Domestically, $101,157,447. Worldwide, $159,157,447. It was, of course, directed by Clint Eastwood. Written by David Webb. Web Peoples. Okay. See, I never seen this. What? You never seen it? No. Oh, damn. I mean, when you said that, I was like, yeah, I never seen this one. Um, it's a western, right? Yes. Okay. So that I was as a child, and before we go into this, I my dad was a big western fan. So it kind of like I was a very, I turned opposite and I was a big horror fan. So I got burned out on Westerns and that's where like me and my um, stepsister ended up like getting a bunch of horror movies at eight, nine years old. My dad let us and we just started watching horror movies. So it's one of those things like you see your parents watch it over and over and over like all the westerns and you're just like okay i'm not into them and so that's why i steer cleared a lot of westerns is because i was burnt out by them and then i chose the horror route at then if it, that makes sense to anybody but that's kind of how i went to westerns like it just well i mean this movie won four oscars i think it was nominated for like nine oh, i know what it is and i you know i know there's a lot of big quotes and big um memes out there i would say um like the clint eastwood um side view thing like that's on a lot of memes and but yeah i know this whole 
story and what it's about, but I've never seen it. But yeah, you can continue. You should see it. Yeah. I mean, it's... uh, For some reason, I kind of thought it was connected to the Dirty Harry movies. But it's not. This takes place in 1880. I guess uh, Wyoming is where everything happens, but he's from Missouri. He's essentially a retired gunslinger. And he's going, essentially, he's on the hunt for two uh, cowboys who essentially fucked up a prostitute. They cut her up and cut her face and all this shit. Because the prostitutes raised money to hire him to, yeah. And, yeah, Morgan Freeman's is part, I mean, it has a huge cast. Gene Hackman won supporting for this movie. Morgan mm-hmm. Freeman is his old partner. He ends up getting killed. I don't really recognize the young guy that actually brought him on to it. James, the Schofield, the Schofield kid? Yeah. James Wolvett? I, I know. I mean, I, I can't think of anything else he's acted in since. Yeah, I, really I, I couldn't recognize him. Well, I'm not paying attention, one of the two. Hmm. Well, Francis, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, this is a grittier Western than I remember seeing beforehand. Okay. Like, I, I, I wasn't, I was never really a huge Western kid like you were. I didn't have much background in Western movies until... Yeah, that's all my dad watched, and that's what me and my sisters always got pissed off at, because my dad had the remote, and he'd switch the TV from um, westerns to fucking the news, constantly back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's why I can't stand the news anymore. But yeah, I had seen, like, I mean, before I had seen this the first time, I'd probably seen a couple of the Dirty Harry movies I'd seen. A couple John Wayne movies, and this one was just—I I can't think of a better word than grittier. Like it showed the rough and tumble West, I guess, better than the other ones I had seen previously. No rose-colored glasses. Yes. There you go. <laughs> like. He leaves his, I mean, his son is probably 10 at that point. His daughter's five. Like, I'll be gone for three weeks. Um, if you need anything, go see the neighbor three miles down the way. Yeah. And. It's crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. Think about it. It's crazy. Yeah. And the fact that Clint Eastwood is the hero. But he apparently in his youth was a horrible fucking person. Killed women and children and anybody who's a big old booze hound. And the fact that he got married and his wife cleaned him up and then he goes on this job. And one of my favorite scenes is when the woman comes and tells him that Morgan Freeman was dead. He just starts drinking. Yep. Like to get queued up to go do some damage. 
and again, Gene Hackman, he's kind of the antagonist of the movie, but he's not completely bad. He just hates people who lie and steal and kill for money, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But he was an asshole. The whole thing with... uh. God damn it, the British guy. What was his name? Um, Saul? No. God damn it. So uh, the guy Eng- that... English Bob. English Bob, okay. Yeah, I the mean... guy that first comes to town, and Gene Hackman knew him from the past, and he's working for the railroads killing Chinamen. Yep. And Gene Hackman fucks him up and puts him on a train out of town. They don't allow guns and big whiskey or I forgot what yep. the name Yeah, no guns and yeah, big no. Richard Harris is as Bob English Bob. Yeah, and he's yeah. He's done some shit. Oh yeah, a few a few things. You know, sometimes we just forget at the top of the tips of our tongue. I was like, okay, I'm thinking about this. It's been a while since I've seen it too. So, Richard Harris, yeah. But yeah, just the fact that it's kind of, it starts off as a almost redemption story for Clint Eastwood's character. He's like, I'm not that guy anymore. I just need money to take care of my kids. But then when his partner gets killed, he just reverts back to who he was. Yeah. What begs to the question, will he revert back when he go, has to go back and take care of his kids? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. He even said, like, if you don't bury him right, I will come back and kill all of you and your families and burn this town to the ground. See, yeah. and what I want to say about Clint Eastwood is a lot of his characters come off very racist. Well, some of them, but this was takes place in 1880. So yeah, so that makes sense. It's a different era. Yeah. Yeah, it is a different era. But I've noticed that with the ones I watched, like, very... And then the newer one that's coming out, like, what has been said, like, holy crap. Well, I mean, he's playing a character from the 1950s. Exactly, but so. he's like... You know, that's I'm just going with the same. Like he just a lot of his are very come off. You know. And that's that's the old style of people. Like when you're in your nineties, that's how you grew up. So no big deal. True, but the point is at least he well, whether or not his movies might be that way, he can still come active holding with a nice, I don't know, class. He, everyone knows he's portraying a character in a movie. They know he's not that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Um, let me just point out this movie also. This is one of the only three movies that won a best picture and it was a Western. If you think about this. Um, trivia note, trivia note. Cimarron in 1931. 1990s dances with wolves and then this one in 92 oh yeah. yeah so think about it out of all the history if you think about it because we i had mentioned john houston before 
all his westerns that he did, Ford Apache, all John Wayne's, all these other movies that we just loved and all have grown up with, or even different generations even recognize. Dances you know, and Wolves is one of my favorites. The, these are only the three westerns that have won best pictures. And the fact that from 1931 to 1990, nothing won. And then all of a sudden, <coughs> almost, back, almost back to back, they won. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. And I mean, even you look at it now, they're calling the like superhero movies are now the modern westerns. True, they are. Yeah. Because you have that feel, you have that feel good going into the movie theater, and they're they're not they're playing on your endorphins and your emotions or whatever, and it's a feel good high when you leave. All superhero movies, whether it be bad or good. All pretty much try at the, at the end, which all the good guy always vanquished the bad guy yep. in the western. Yep, most definitely. Yeah, and I had been a while since I've seen this movie too. Um, I watched part of this the other day just because I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to do this one or not, and I decided, yeah, it was a little bit harder for me to watch because um, my dad was big into westerns too. So I had a hard time watching this one in general. Yeah. Just because it's been a while since I even watched it too. And I was like, oh, I really like it. Now, I believe Frances Fisher, um, this is how Clint Eastwood met her and they're married. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. She was like the head prostitute. She was the madam or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, anything else or what we're doing? I'm yeah, gonna I can't really rate this because I haven't seen it, but I will watch it just to, you know. Well, to like me, I said, one of those winter days, I'll just say, hey, me. let's pop it on. Why not? You're saying you're saying you didn't watch this. It's like me having hear you say you didn't watch The Godfather. <laughs> oh, I've seen The Godfather. Well, okay then. We're okay here. <laughs> but you don't feel like this is like one of his... I don't know his not his swan song, but it was like his calling card that gave him the recognition that he needed. Yeah, I mean it was just natural him being essentially a Western actor to come in and direct one of the I mean, arguably the best modern Western to be made. Oh, easily. 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 Yeah. Well, wish she could rate it. I don't know. I'm gonna I'll definitely give this an eight. I'm definitely giving it an eight because I it's been a while since I've seen it also myself, but I remember watching and enjoying watching it when I did. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm, I'm kind of torn because I I think Grand Torino is more rewatchable than this movie. Yes. But I think this is a better movie. So I, I'd give this an eight and a half okay. to my Grand Torino eight. That's truth. You know, you're absolutely right. Grand Torino is more of a watchable, rewatchable. This one, you've seen it. It's good. You're good. I mean, I, I could watch it again, but I don't know if it's on my rotation list. As yeah, they call for it. sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this is also streaming on HBO Max. Yes, it is. Okay. Are you guys ready? I'm very curious. So. Yes. I don't know. You're very, are you very curious? You're very I, curious. I am. Uh, you are. I love it when you guys are curious. I always say that. Well, 
Grand Torino was on my short list. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, um, it was a toss up between that Heartbreak Ridge. Everyone know this one or no? I know of it. Of it didn't see yeah, it. Okay. I've not seen it. Well, and it was hard because I've watched that one. I figured like we've done enough um, war movies. I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to do a war movie. We did, we've done enough war movies. Um, the funny thing is, is I chose, I was going to do Heartbreak Ridge with, you know, he was a Korean war veteran, a Vietnam war veteran, you know, Vietnam war veteran. Once again, here he is. He's a military veteran, which we just did. Cringe, you know, he's kind of like, he's either, he's either a cop, a veteran, or a cowboy. And I, you know, I wanted to do something different out of the genre, but he had the best um, one-line quote in Heartbreak Ridge. I always would say that when um, a general asked him what he thought of the situation, he asked me if the goddamn clusterfuck around here. <laughs> yeah. um, I do remember so, hearing that. Yeah, one of the best quotes ever. Um, I chose his, you ready? Play Misty for me. 1971, everyone. Let's go ahead and go pull up my stuff here. Wow, I've never seen this one. Was that his okay, so debut? His directorial his debut? Directorial debut. 1971. So I went for the big dogs here for you guys. Okay. We're going to do an IMDb score of 7 out of 10. We have a Metacritic of 78. And then it does. I did not. I did not see any Rotten Tomatoes on it for some apparent reason. I don't know what's up with that. Um, no Rotten Tomato. Let's go ahead and go break the numbers down here for you. 1971, directed by Clint Eastwood. Screenplay was by Joe Helms and Dean Reisner. Um, starring Clint Eastwood, Jessica Walters, Donna Mills, as a brass from the past, John Lurch. Okay. Um, production company was Malpo's, Malposo Company, Universal Pictures, released October 20th, 1971, 102 minutes. Its budget was $950,000. <laughs> Shit. Okay. okay. We don't hear those numbers anymore. We don't. Okay. Not so really. I know, but it made $10.6 million. So therefore, $950,000, 10.6. Okay. Great numbers if you're i mean directorial review and made the number so oh, this for is sure. totally off the deep end he plays a radio disc jockey okay think about that clint <laughs> eastwood playing a radio disc jockey okay yes. who once again we're talking about how you know clint eastwood is you know the ladies fan we just made a couple references about back and forth about him being a ladies fan well, we're talking young Clint Eastwood here. So he, break down the story here. Um, he kind of has a one night stand with, you know, this one, you know, lady who, you know, going on with, you know, he's in, Car- you know, and the funny is that he's a DJ in Carmel by the sea. Well, where was he a mayor of? Carmel. I just wanted to point that out too. So I was, oh, I was, yeah, you know, was mayor. Yeah. That's right. So I, was, I was trying to like give you a little bit of, you know, I was trying to give you a little bit of, um, it kind of funniness, you know, the fact that he's gay, but, you know, it's a little bit different. So he has this, he has this one night stand with this lady called Jessica Walters. It was Evelyn Draper in the movie. And they, uh, 
and they start, he just thinks it's a one-night stand. Well, come to find out, she's an obsessive fan. That's been stalk. That's been stalking him. Okay, so you got kind of this early, and to me, this movie kind of reminded me of a little bit of a Fatal Attraction. Okay. 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 I was reading about it, but yeah, it does kind of sound like that. Kind of a Fatal Attraction. So you're thinking about it here. So he, she shows up at his work, and she starts exhibiting all. They start to have a little bit of a relationship together, and he, you know, she starts exhibit exhibit. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exhibiting. 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 Okay, blame it on the bourbon, guys. Blame it on the bourbon. It happens. It Exhib- all happens. Exhibiting obsessive behavior. And he's just like, what the heck is wrong with her? You know, meanwhile, he's trying to break himself away from her. But then he comes to find out he finally makes the connection that she was the fan that would always call in every night and ask him to play Misty for her. Huh. So it's kind of like he's a, a celebrity, not really that huge of a celebrity, has a one-night stand that turns into a relationship that he realizes she's obsessive and she's really the fan that's been stalking him. So this is totally off his normal. Yeah, you know, this is like way yeah. different than what like yep. he was going off the rails for his first time. Yeah, you know, and then, of course, he has, he goes to, you know, tells her he's not with her anymore. Please stop this, whatever. But then, you know, he starts another relationship with uh, Donna Mills, uh, Toby's character. He's Toby. And he tells her about this girl, uh, you know, this crazy lady, you know, she's psychotic or whatever. And the funny thing is, is um, she goes crazy and come to find out. She answered the ad to be her roommate in the newspaper. So she starts trying to weasel her way in through. So has it got know, like a single white female vibe to it too? Single white female, fatal, <laughs> fatal attraction vibe. It has like, and then to me it has like a little bit of those essence of Brian the Palma with his body uh, body double, you know. Oh, yeah. Those, the way the angles were and everything. So for a real good deal, and his first time, and he's the lead actor. It's kind of like you're like, oh, you know, Evelyn take, you know, Evelyn even takes in her hostage. He, you know, kills, you know, kills one of the other person to call him, you know, which is one of the characters. Like it's like that Fatal Attraction. This is like the prequel to Fatal Attraction. I want to almost like things I can't give like too much of a cliffhanger at the end, you know, because you know if you if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It finally ends up, you know, it will eventually be. You know, Clinton Eastwood survives, totally survives. You know, I just, I don't want to give you that. Yeah, 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 I mean, I've never yeah. seen it. I, like I said, well, I like Clint Eastwood a lot, and it'd be kind of cool to check this out. I mean, it's one of his first yeah. director reviews. It's his first. Reviews. Well, it's not even that. The whole point is, yeah, well, the whole Thank point is, you. it's also, there's, there's fresh scars that they pan to her on her, on her wrist that she tries to kill herself, hence fatal attraction. I'm like, you think you go, you go with all this, I'm like, oh my God, this seeing Fatal Attraction, if you haven't seen 1987, um, one close and Michael Douglas. Yeah. Oh, I've that. seen that. Yeah, that's well, a and then, seeing, and then seeing this from 16 years before, and I'm like, oh my God, granted, she was an obsessive fan. It wasn't like they just met at a business thing, but there's so many parallels there where she's psychotic and she starts stalking. He's in a relationship. Granted, it's not his wife, but then it it definitely is 
probably one of his best movies. And I can't think of a better movie he could have made about a directorial debut with mm-hmm. and be and be the lead actor. And, you know, there was like a couple other ones, like I said, I wanted, I was thinking about doing the Heartbreak Ridge, but once again, Cowboy, Marine, all that stuff. So I wanted to do something that he wasn't a cop. Yeah. He was, he, he, <laughs> technically, technically, he's the victim, if you think about it. He's the victim in that. And he's yeah. being stopped by a, by a psychotic woman who's dangerous. Well, usually he's the dangerous one. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of a... <coughs> it's fine. Yeah. And yeah, the whole point is, is, you know, Toby realizes that her roommate, remember she answered the ad for the roommate, she used a different name, Annabelle. So then she realizes it gets taken hostage. It's, like I said, it's the climax is excellent. And I think he does it um, I think he does it really well, you know, building up to it, you know, you're just jockey. You, you, you have this lady that calls into you every night and asks you to play, play Misty for me. So you do. And then you're out and about town doing whatever. And you meet this lady. She seems pretty cool. Okay. Well, I'm going to take her home and have sex, whatever. It's the seventies. You go with it. Right. Yeah. But then, then, you know, you just think it's a one-time deal, but then she starts showing up at your work and this and that. And you're like, Oh, well, maybe I'll try to have like a little bit of relationship. And then you realize she's totally psychotic. Well, that's and then you, sign and then, one yeah. of psychotic is just showing up at random places at random times. Well, then you tell her to get lost, but then you try to have another relationship, and then she starts doing a single white female. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's a, like I said, it's probably one of the best psychological horror movies I've seen in a while. Thriller. You know, because it plays on you not knowing where... Um, where she's going to lose her sanity or as she has lost her sanity and where's it going to bring her to the next action because at that same time you can't control someone's emotions and where it is them so he does really good because he's actually playing off of it trying to warn trying to get on with his life but not but trying to play it down that he has this woman stalking him so it's just it, whatever, but then he realizes he can't do that anymore because he is truly psychotic. Yeah, and I, the fact you said Jessica Walter was in this, my experience with her is Arrested Development and Archer. Oh yeah. I didn't know her from anything before that, so I just always assumed she was a comedic actress. Oh yeah. Is that because I mean this? You make this sound like it's a thriller horror movie yeah it is it's a a psychological thriller horror movie it is because it plays on everything going into you know who's doing it makes you think it's got that suspense where it's not like it's not like blood and guts everywhere but right yeah but was i mean what was jessica walters was she more diverse than just comedy or i guess so i mean she did evelyn drape i mean this is like She's this to me. This is a serious role. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But yeah, in I, in like the seventies, I think I think I seen her in some drama roles. Also, in the seventies, I wish I could pull something out of my head a little bit faster than what I'm talking right now. Yeah, Jessica Walters. Jessica Walters. Well, yeah, Arrested Development. She's got so many. I mean, to you, like you said, we think of that, but she's got. 
East Side, West Side, Ben Casey, Doctors and Nurses, The Rogues, Defender. She was in Alfred Hitchcock Hour. She was in the uh, episode of The Fugitive. So she definitely has like a lot more, you know, I want to say substance. And all of a sudden, then she becomes towards later on in life, she becomes more of a comedic actress. Yeah. And iconic in both of those roles for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's that, but she's, but oh, I remember, oh, I remember what she was in. I think she was, yeah. I remember her being in The Women which was like a really early one, which is like, oh, not the women. Oh, I'm thinking something else. It was really good. She was actually, um, she was with uh, Candace Bergen and a couple other people. She was really good in that one. I'm trying to think of what it is. I think but I yeah. vaguely remember that. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it real fast, but it was really good. But like I said, I really, you know, it was a good it was a good movie. Absolutely a great movie for me. I mean, yeah, I'm going to have to not... check that out. I mean, for being his first, I mean, I'm very interested. Like, he's done really well in his life, and he's a great actor, director. I mean, from what I've heard, he's lived a hell of a life. So, I mean, yeah. I would love to give it a go just because what you said about it, I'm like, it sounds really, like, interesting, like a nice... Well, the fact that I think it t- touched base on you know, so many different movies, not movies in general, but, you know, like it took from the Fatal Attraction. But I'm like going, oh, my God. It almost feels like that's where Fatal Attraction came from. Right. But, you know, you can't say that because, you know, they might think a little <laughs> bit more than that. Is it yeah. streaming but, anywhere? Uh, no, it is not streaming anywhere. Uh, it's three ninety nine on Google, three ninety nine on Vudu, three ninety nine on everything else. I happen to have the v- VHS. Oh no mm. shit! So, oh nice! Yeah. You whipped out the VHS for this. Yes, I did. I whipped nice. out the VHS. Um, she was in. Did you the did v- you be kind and rewind? It was kind of what it was mine. Yeah. <laughs> it was mine. Okay, so let's go through her quick little thing here. The group which was the one I was talking about, Total Drama, Sand Pebbles, The Sand Pebbles, The Day the Fish Came Out, Live for Life, Magnus, Adventurers, Getting Straight, Soldier Blue, Carnal Knowledge, everyone, Carnal Knowledge, which is huge, Harrow House, she is like total uh, Oliver's story, she was in Gandhi, she was in Gandhi, 2010, yeah, so we're talking quite a bit of, um, background was more of you know yeah even a lot yeah i always find it interesting how like certain like she her iconic role came later in life yeah that's the funny thing it is it did come in later in life it really did so i mean other than that i i feel like some people don't get their breaks or they don't find their niche she was probably yeah. more of the deck uh she was probably more of a character actor or I don't want to say always one of those standbys that are always there. Yeah. You know that would I mean? make sense yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I, I will give you this for me for my rating on this one as a total nine because, oh, because it just, I feel like it being his directorial debut, you know, and him putting his chops in it. And I, I mean, like I said, I dug 1971, you know, but I feel like, 
it was out of his normal that we'd already known to him by out there because he was he was the spaghetti western guy yeah he was the spaghetti western and then dirty harry came later sudden impact came later then he tried to do fire i don't ever remember firefox where he was like a navy pilot or whatever and he was like but you're still beating out the russians or whatever yeah they even dipped his toes in comedy with every which way but loose and yep yep but this was definitely that <coughs> psychological floor that i that i have not seen now i seen him direct one mystic river but he wasn't in it you know what i'm yeah. saying so yeah and that, that's kind of the funny thing that the three movies we picked he also starred in yeah. Where you, yeah. There, you, Mystic River, Sully. I mean, he's yeah. directed several movies that were fantastic that he wasn't even in. But I think just being the director and the lead actor in a movie shows so much. I mean, I just, you, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And you've got, and you've got to respect it. You've got to respect it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, oh, what was it? You know, Miller Do Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough watch. I I couldn't bring myself to rewatch that one, to be honest. Okay, okay. It's been you know I did not rewatch the, the that one this time because it didn't make my list. Like I said, I did my thing, chopped up my list, and went from there and went down. So, like I said, I had my three, and I felt pretty good about those. And again, like I said, I I mean, all things considered, I would probably have chosen American Sniper, but. Mm -hmm. That one was next. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But, no, you definitely have to watch this one. I mean, which is really weird because first movie, all three of us have seen. Yeah. Second second movie, <laughs> two of us have seen. Yeah, that's, that's true also. And the last one, I'm the only one that's seen. Yeah. So, yeah that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, considering he's such a, you know, think about it. You know, I thought at least you guys would actually remember or your dad had watched this one before or something. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. my grandparents did like TCM or something. They, that was always on TV, so maybe it was some, on something like that. But I don't remember this movie, but I feel like I need to watch it. So I'll put on the winter list. On the winter list. To watch. And like I said, with this new movie coming out, um, we need to fit that in with some type of movie. It doesn't need to be like right next week. It could be like in two or three weeks. We got a month while it's on HBO Max. So yeah, on, yeah, as long as we touch there. touch about it, like you know, talk about it, and you know, do like a good twenty minute talk about, like we can, we don't have to do a whole podcast about it. We can just do like a little talk, or like, hey, this was like pretty yeah, good. No blah, just blah. preface that with. Whatever podcast we're doing, mm -hmm. for sure. Well, what 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 movie is next for um, Star Wars? Uh, Rogue One. Rogue One, oh, awesome. Rogue One. Okay. And so yeah. we can we can touch on maybe the first fifteen minutes or something with you know, Cry Macho. Is that it? Yeah, because yeah, that drops Friday, right? Well, I know you That's have a wedding Friday and Saturday you're dealing with. Yes, I have a wedding I'm dealing with Friday and Saturday. Um, I am catering that wedding. Um, I actually am the opener on Sunday, followed by opening. No, no, I'm not the opener on Sunday. I'm the closer on Sunday, closing on Monday. I can 
push into we might have to push to like thursday i mean i just can't get it in next week so let's oh probably, yeah that's let's no problem push, can we push to like um thursday I, friday i have your schedule probably. on my phone too so I yeah can look you at do. <laughs> so you have my schedule you have my schedule <laughs> yeah so, so i do have to, yeah we can do or i could do tuesday night but it had to be around right around eight o'clock on the 21st that might not be a problem either so no, let's just kind of figure it out let's just okay. go with the flow but uh we just gotta watch so we'll rogue do one rogue and... one with a preface of cry macho yeah, yeah so um let us know when you have time to even do those movies because you're busy with wedding and work and stuff so you know, we had to push it to a little later. We had to push it. So, you know, whenever you have moments to watch both of them, just let us know. And, I mean, my schedule, I just make it work. So, yeah. Well, this wedding is the only thing, and then I'll be fine after that. So, yeah. Um, still loving the ship? Still loving it. Awesome. Well, yeah. Um, we'll uh, keep in touch, and we'll figure out what's going on next time. Okay, thanks. Yep. Right, have See a good ya. one. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, shit got a little loose. Hopefully you understood everything. Whether or not you agree or disagree with our take on the movies, hopefully you learned something or were at least entertained. So come back for more booze, booze and, and bullshit. bullshit.